Dan Scott, barely a week ago, I heard you rail for two hours about independence. And? Mr. Hardwick, how many times have I heard you speak of freedom at my father's table? Half the men in this church, including you, Father, and you, Reverend, are as ardent patriots as I. Will you now, when you are needed most, stop at only words? Is that the sort of men you are? that you act upon the beliefs of which you have so strongly spoken and in which you so strongly believe. Welcome back, Patriots. Man, we had a crazy election day. Brian Venusen here with Dave Ajima. Dave, it was yes, quite a surprise. Uh, it's not such a surprise. You know, I, the Democrats cheat better than Republicans can cheat, so I guess that's what we get. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, so... First thing, obviously, they take control of state house, state senate. <clears throat> Hasn't been done in forty years. Yep. And uh, what is your main take away from what happened? Uh, well, uh, that gets me right into what what's been happening, what we're finding out about this election. Uh, I don't believe. I think we went through the same thing we went through in twenty twenty. We just had another coup, except they did it a little bit different way. Uh, you had people going to the polls to vote, and they were told that, uh, you already voted. No, I didn't vote. Yes, you did. You voted absentee. No, I didn't. Turns out what the Democrat Party did was get a hold of the people that don't normally vote on the off years like now, and then they had their people vote for them. So that came out. <clears throat> and I got a nice, great, uh, I got to read this. Was that more, uh, was that particularly to like Detroit area or was that over it was uh, in the several places okay in several places and there's all the anomalies that are coming up like people voted for all the Republicans you know for Senate and House and everything yep. else but when it came to Whitmer and Benson they voted Democrat that's not normal no that's an anomaly yep. and it shows that something's wrong I've seen so it. machines are being switched there's no question and let me read this what uh <clears throat> what uh, Patrick Colbeck came up with. And he's, by the way, he was literally a rocket scientist, former senator, a good friend of mine. And he's been on top of this stuff in 2020, and now he's on top of it again. This is titled November 9. The only way that a significant number of Michigan citizens will ever believe yesterday's lawless election results is clear after com clear is result after the uh, completion of the transparent full forensic audit of the entire election record record chain of custody is necessary. Our Michigan Constitution guarantees uh, right to an audit of statewide elections to ensure accuracy and integrity. In the days preceding the election, Michigan State uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, Benson used her office to weaken oversight of the election and subvert the integrity of the election. She has been found in violation of Michigan law by five separate court rulings. Her evidence still collected in the wake of the 2022 election, there will be significantly more additions to this growing list of legal violations. One of the most notable examples is the addition of, of what has been described as thousands of new voters after the 8 p.m. registration deadline in the city of Ann Arbor under Benson's apparent guidance. So she's authorizing it. 
In addition to explicit violations of Michigan law, there are additional indications of election fraud in Muskegon, Kent County, and Wayne County that further merit investigation, including vote tally anomalies and ballot trafficking. It all adds up to significant justification for conducting a transparent audit of the entire election record chain of custody, statewide qualified voter files, poll books, ballots, and vote tallies. In light of the fact that Benson was herself on the ballot, this audit must be conducted by an independent commission of Republicans, Democrats, and independents. And election records, uh, all election records pertinent pertinent to this uh, audit must be made available to the public if we are ever to restore confidence in the integrity of the election cycle. Our right to audit of a statewide election result is not subject to perfunctory check-the-box audits, such as those performed in the wake of 2020 election. No. The constitutional standard for our audit of statewide elections is that it ensures the accuracy and integrity of our elections. To this day, the Michigan Secretary of State has failed to account for the identity of 170,738 voters who cast ballots in 2020 election featuring a presidential race that were decided by only 154,188 votes. Much has been made of the 71% of Detroit precincts being unbalanced in the 2020 election. What has been publicized, what has not been publicized by the media is the fact that the entire state of Michigan was unbalanced by a significant margin and should never have been certified. Furthermore, the vote totals for president vary by 3,285 votes if summed by precinct as opposed to county. There is yet to be a satisfaction explanation for this difference. Ballot proposals two and three statewide races for governor, attorney general, secretary of state, congressional seats, as well as control of the Michigan Senate and House are all suspect in the wake of demonstrable lawless 2022 elections conducted under the direction of the Michigan Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson. The only way to inspire public confidence in this election result is to have complete a, is to complete a true forensic audit of the results. Couldn't agree more. No doubt. Spot on. Very spot on. There's too much going wrong. There's too many things that don't. It all stinks. Well, it's got a funny smell. The problem, to it. problem is now you got the Democrat control <clears throat> everything. So for you can throw the forensic audit out the door. Well, uh, perhaps, but now she's going to have more court cases against Benson for what she's done in the past, and now what she's done here by allowing people to go ahead and register after 8 p.m. That's against the law. That's mm -hmm. against state law. So she's broken the law that she's supposed to uh, uphold. Right. So she, she may very well lose that, and a court may make the opinion, yes, we do need forensic audits. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, if, if you get the right judge. But then the, yep. the second point would be now we're going to feel like, okay, election stolen 2020, now 2022, all these anomalies and things are happening. So 24... All right, people are just going to stay home because they're going to be like, well, Democrats have it now. They're just going to cheat again and keep control of the office. That's funny you mentioned that. I, already, I went out for dinner with a couple that we knew really well. He says, you know, I don't even feel like voting anymore. It doesn't make any difference because they cheat and they break the law and they're just going to keep winning. I said, no, that's the wrong attitude. We got to keep nailing them to the wall. We got to find out who the people were that cheated, throw them in jail. And if these are organized coups, 
somebody's got the firing squad because that's what the it's a death penalty for performing a coup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we have fireworks with Tudor Dixon and the Michigan GOP and Paul Cords. Cordis. Cordis, chief of staff, wrote out a memo. And I want to read the memo because it's going to set the context here. And then Tudor um, goes after the memo. Okay. So here it says, fellow Republicans, there will be no shortage of post-ops regarding the 2022 election in Michigan. But I felt it important to give an initial synopsis of where the party finds itself nearly 48 hours after polls close. It seems nearly impossible to imagine drawing up more challenging positions for ourselves coming out of the August primary. Following the August primary election, Tudor Dixon advanced as the gubernatorial nominee, but was relatively unknown, with low name ID, and was an untested candidate. Historically, our Republican gubernatorial nominees have raised several millions of dollars and built out teams during the primary, with preparations to expand an already strong operation as soon as they advanced on the general. Unfortunately, Dixon did not have that luxury. With almost no cash on hand and work to be done to gain the trust of the party's grassroots, Dixon had to start from scratch. While Gretchen Whitmer and allies were sitting on tens of millions of dollars, of which they immediately deployed blasting Dixon on statewide TV digital radio throughout early and often. Then he comes up with the abortion question. After significant investment outside entities from supporters that pushed Tudor Dixon across the finish line in the primary, there was little to no early general election investment from donors, allowing the Democrats to spend millions defining not just abortion narrative, but Tudor Dixon herself. Neither her campaign nor the party had the resources to push back. With Proposal 3 on the ballot and Democrats in sole possession of the airwaves, they accomplished two things that all but determined the fate of Dixon in the anti-Proposal 3 campaign. First, they dictated the terms in which abortion would be talked about. It was not going to be about Whitmer's radical stance on abortion up to birth for any reason, a stance of which only 11% of Michigan's share. Instead, it was about Tudor Dixon's position of no exception including instances of rape and incest, of which even fewer Michiganders agree. The narrative also quickly framed the debate over Proposal 3. Secondly, they aggressively targeted women and young voters, driving them to the polls in record number to hold Tudor Dixon accountable for her comments. The opposition effort to Proposal 3 was extraordinary. Between the churches and paid voter contact of the No on 3 effort, there was a mass of pro-life voters who turned out to the polls. But the millions of dollars in unanswered advertisements, using Dixon's own words, do not just (coughs) her at the top of the ticket, but the Proposal 3 as well. Voters had her comments about the teenage girl being raped by her uncle, blasted into their homes for months, and they viewed Tudor and Proposal 3 as a package deal at the polls. Because of that, there was likely never any real chance at defeating what is truly one of the most evil and extreme constitutional amendments ever put before voters. Now he goes into donors. 
Donors, for the most part, decided against supporting Trump's handpicked AG and SOS candidates from April's convention and also withheld millions in traditional investment into the state party, despite Chairman Weiser's historic contributions of more than $5 million into Michigan's GOP candidates and caucuses. In what many of them saw as sending a message to Donald Trump and his supporters, longtime donors to the party remained on the sidelines despite constant warnings of the possibility of the outcome we saw come to fruition on Election Day, a statewide sweep and a one-party Democratic rule in Lansing, something that has not been done in nearly 40 years in Michigan. Countless hours spent courting donors consistently shifted in back and forth about Mar-a-Lago's influence over our process, party, and voters, all while Democrats raised tens of millions of dollars and invested record amounts statewide in legislative districts. By the time some GOP donors did engage in October, one month before the election, most of the investments paled in comparison to Democrat counterparts, and money spent in October doesn't go nearly as far as money spent in August and September. Being late to the game was devastating. The narrative was set, the damage was done, and the statewide races had likely been out of reach since mid-November. Now he goes base turnout, and the top of ticket woes. He says, Our internal polling showed Tudor Dixon able to marginally close the gap over the last month, but unlike some pollsters, we never showed her within striking distance. Our position had been that if Tudor Dixon could keep the race to within three to four percentage points, our state and Senate majorities would be safe. If we lost by seven to eight, we were going to be in danger of losing one or both chambers. It now looks though Tudor will end up losing by, I think she lost by 10 points, and Republicans find themselves shut out of every level of power for the first time in 40 years, creating one-party rule. The massive investments in the caucus and the party made in retaining majorities in both chambers, as well as very focused outgoing and incoming caucus leaders, kept our candidates in the game, despite the ridiculously drawn new maps that favored Democrat candidates and a massive defeat at the top of the ticket, both the House and the Senate were still a handful of votes away from keeping slim majorities. Had Tudor kept it to even 9%, we would have had the likely chance of keeping majorities in both chambers. House GOP candidates received 160,000 more votes than Tudor statewide, and were on average just 1.3% behind Democrats. Overperforming top of the ticket by 9.2%, Senate GOP candidates received 150,000 more votes than Tudor, losing by an average of 1.6% to Democrats, overperforming the top of the ticket by 8.8%. Michigan is historically a ticket-splitting state. In our data modeling, mail, and field program, were very effective. However, the hole created by Tudor at the top of the ticket was too much to overcome. Looking at the education board of seats were often the best indicator of GOP Dem-based votes. Our, our operation turned out a record number of Republican voters in a midterm, 
Not only did we have a candidate within a point or less in the Board of Education races, but we turned out an average of 335,000 more GOP voters in education board seats from 2018. In 2018, we lost the board seats by an average of six points. And in 2022, we lost by an average of 2.9%. Tudor Dixon did nearly eight points worse than the base Republican vote as calculated by education race totals. In 2018, Schuette did just 3.9% points worse. Tudor's performance cost us around the edges in the close House and Senate race, and we're out of the majorities because of it. Tudor's, effort, Tudor's efforts focused largely on Republican red meat. Oh, hold on here. Just lost my spot. Well, while you're looking, he's making a lot of assumptions I don't agree with. Right. We, we can get back in it. Tudor's efforts focused largely on Republican red meat issues in hopes of inspiring a 2020 like showing at the polls. There were more ads on transgender sports than inflation, gas prices, and bread and butter issues that could have been swayed independent voters. We did not have a turnout problem. Middle of the road voters simply did not like what Tudor was selling. From an operational perspective, the party was in strong position despite the clear funding challenges. Not only were we able to invest millions to direct voter contact, but the Michigan GOP made a seven-figure investment into a field program despite a dramatic decrease in national investment from the RNC compared to previous cycles. The field operation that Michigan Republican Party ran accounted for over 4.5 million voter contacts, including 1.5 million donors' doors and 3 million phone calls to voters over the course of the last 14 months, most of which occurred in contested congressional state house and state senate districts. Even with smaller operation than in previous cycles, the Michigan GOP efforts on the phone doors on the airways resulted in an historic turnout of Republicans, much higher than in previous midterm elections. Having tracked the nationwide shift in polling and consensus agreement in a pending red wave, we went into Election Day cautiously optimistic we would catch a ride. That red wave didn't materialize nationally and certainly didn't make his way into Michigan. I'm sure the pundits and politicos will assign their blame in the coming weeks, but it's clear that independent voters were turned off by the top ticket in Michigan and it trickled down statewide. President Trump will no doubt be one of the most discussed factors in this race and others across the nation, especially given the fact that all three of our top of the ticket candidates earned his endorsement. Over the course of this cycle, Michigan Republican Party operated within the political reality that President Trump was popular amongst our grassroots and motivating factor for his supporters but provided challenges on a statewide ballot, especially with the independents and women in midterm election. As a party, we find, our find, find ourselves consistently navigating the power struggle between Trump and anti-Trump factions of the party, mostly within the donor class. The power struggle ended with too many people on the sideline and hurt Republicans in key races. At the end of the day, the high-quality Substantive candidates 
and well-campaign-funded are still critical to winning elections. We struggle in both regards to the detriment of Michigan across the state. So in a nutshell to me, it just seems like the Michigan GOP failed to do their job. I mean, that's no, he's telling us, uh, he did his job, but the step, but the, uh, us, us common people here, uh, the, the GOP, you know, the, the Michigan for or America first people didn't, that's basically what he's saying. We did our job. See, it wasn't our fault. I disagree with him heartily on that. Actually at the national level, what he said is not true because we did gain the house, uh, which, Correct. which used to be run by, uh, you know, the idiot Pelosi. And we still may get the Senate, depending on what happens so with these, some of these votes here in Arizona and Georgia and so forth. So right. she's wrong on that. He's also wrong on these candidates. By the way, the candidate Tudor Dixon, who, who got her? It was Betsy DeVos. That's the establishment uh, yep. who, who picked her to run. And I think that's something they need to learn. Establishment needs to learn that uh, it's, it's not just your pick that counts. You have to pick the right candidate. Right. Now, was she bad? No, I didn't mind Tudor, but he wasn't, she wasn't my first choice. I like Saldano because right. I figured Saldano would dress down the governor like she needed to be dressed down in a, in a campaign and wouldn't play softball, play hardball. Right. So some of the stuff he says is true, but he makes a lot of hasty generalizations. Uh, well, and, and the, money, the money issue is true because <laughs> who's going to give to the Michigan GOP? I, I no, don't. I no give question. to right to the candidate. So the, the, there's a reason the there. They have the grassroots doesn't yes, trust the, the exactly. GOP. Exactly. And they don't trust them for good reason. Right. Even in 2020, when you had the opportunity to really look at all these ballots that yep. were cast that shouldn't have been cast, and we needed forensic audits, they bucked the system. It's all oh, no, there's been no. No problem. There has been major problems. Yep. GOP is sick and tired of people like this. He's blaming everybody else but themselves. That's they want exactly to keep their right. job, but he wants to uh, say we need to redress and we need to back up and go ahead and do what the the establishment tells us to do. I say no to heck with the establishment. What good have they done us so far? Yep. Not much good. So. Uh, Tudor's response was, it's easy to come out and point fingers now. But the truth is they fought against me every step of the way and put the entire ticket at risk. We need fresh leadership at the Michigan GOP or Republicans will never have a voice in Michigan again. Well, I would agree with her in that yeah, respect. I mean, and I also, even Jesse Waters, you know, the guy that's oh, on yeah, TV. Yeah. Oh, he, he had came a, out. He had great he came, episode. I saw that, too. Yeah, he came and dressed down Wiser from Michigan for not doing his job and even dressed down Ronna Romney, which I've been saying has to be replaced. She didn't do her job nationally either. Right. They could have done things a lot better and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is this this whole ticket is run from the top down rather than the bottom up. Right. We got a lot of people that don't like the direction of the party. And they got a lot of people in Michigan that don't like uh, what our representatives and senators did not do when we were under, you know, Whitmer's control of being locked in our homes and got to get these shots and your kids don't go to school. And she says they're only out for three months when they're out for two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just sick of these quiet Republicans. When you're quiet, it means you're in agreement. And I was never in agreement with the junk she was right. doing. So what he wrote, some of what he said is true, but he's still making excuses why we failed. And he's basically saying to me, we failed not because of what we were doing, but because of what you people out there were doing. And I'm saying, screw you. We want your butt gone. We want different people in leadership positions. And that's exactly what I will push to do as best I can. Right. And by the way, let's just look at this for a minute. Why did 
Proposal three failed. I can tell you why it failed. Billionaires, leftist billionaires, mm -hmm. spent millions in Michigan, outside of Michigan, in Illinois, Michigan, to buy votes with false, misleading ads that yep. lied about the effects of the measure. Billionaires from California, New York, the Bahamas flooded the airwaves with ads that confused voters and were false. For example, well, first of all, $15.4 million was spent on these ads outside of Michigan. The ad stated parental rights would be upheld. Lie, false, not true. Late-term abortions would not be permitted. Lie, false, not true. There would be no tax-funded abortions. Lie, not true. Uh, and that only the 1931 abortion ban would be affected, not other laws. Lie, not true. Soros gave $4.5 million. Bloomberg gave $2 million. 1630 Fund gave $5.2 million. Steve Ballmer and his wife gave $2 million. Nihad, or Nisad Singh from Bahamas gave $4 million. So, folks, 30,000 babies a year are aborted in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And these people put lies out there, and the uninformed electorate bought it. And the Democrats knew it was false, and they let them run with it. There lies the problem. We have an immoral Democrat Party in the state of Michigan, and we have our own people in the Republican Party that lack the balls to stand up and call it out. That's the problem. There were two counties in Michigan that voted no on Proposal 3. I doubt that's true. Ottawa County was one of them. Yep. We went almost, it was 60 40%. I mean, we slaughtered that thing. And where I'm in here in Kent, they say they went the other way. I doubt that. I doubt it at last election in 2020. That's why we need forensic audits. And that stinking Lisa Lyons, the clerk, spent money to make sure she didn't get a forensic audit. They should be begging to get forensic audits so we have the truth out about these elections. Especially Instead, when they said that we had record, record turnout in Ottawa and Kent counties. Yes, exactly. So here's here's so, some I got some data here, the okay. voting. I'm just kind of curious on what how to read this. All right. So you got Whitmer, two point four million votes. Jocelyn Benson, two point four five million votes. So I'm kind of curious on typically if you vote down ballot, right? They the percentages should be the same. If you're gonna vote for Whitmer, you're gonna vote for Benson, you're gonna vote for Dana Nessel. And even Nestle got less with 2.3 million. So well, that, that's, that's kind of not one a of, significant number within the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats still are within what 100,000 votes of each other. So that's not that significant to me. But what else you got? But that, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, why aren't the tallies or the percentages the same? And then when well, you, they're almost the same. That's my point. Uh, that one doesn't get me so upset. What gets me upset is when we find anomalies throughout the state of Michigan where they voted for all Republicans for a state house, for state Senate, uh, and they voted for all of the issues the way we wanted them. But then they voted for Benson and they voted for Whitmer. Mm. That's an anomaly. And when it happens all over the place, you know something's wrong with the tallying in the machines or they've been corrupted. And I suspect that's what happened. Would That's that, why you need a forensic audit. Would an anomaly be so Gibbs loses, but then Mark Heisinger wins? It's kind of in the same district. Uh, so how does? Yeah, somewhat. Well, that's a whole other issue too. That uh, what's that woman that beat Big Gibbs? I can't think of her name offhand here now. Skolton. Skolton. 
Skolton, this get this. Skolton is a deacon in her Christian Reformed Church, mm. which is a, supposed to be against homosexuality, supposed to be against abortion. Right. She's a deacon in the church. That church should be basically telling her she can't take communion anymore. Or excommunicated. <laughs> yes. She's in a Christian Reformed Church, and she supports all those Democrat policies, including the illegal immigration and all that garbage. Her? This is incredible to me. But her ads, though— they were good. They were very good. Deceptive, and especially but good. the one, the one I cannot get past. She's sitting at the table in her house. She's got the Bible open. She's oh, like, I start my morning with uh, coffee and prayer, and I'm thinking to myself, that what me in God's grace are you praying about? And you're going to yes. go out there and vote for abortion? Yep. Like what? I it just oh, it made me so mad. Ooh. Well, me too. When I saw that, and the other thing is, then you got to admit that part of the problem we got in the United States and Michigan is we have lackadaisical churches that aren't preaching the word of yes. God, and they're preaching to men rather than what the word says. Yep. So you know, you go in the inner city, they're inviting their candidates right in front of the pulpit to tell what they stand for, but we're afraid to put our people up and say how you should be voting mm -hmm. for fear we're going to lose our tax exempt status. Yep. Uh, I mean, Peggy has been saying to those people for a long time, go ahead, IRS, go ahead and audit me. I'm going to win this one because yep. I can say anything I want to say about you guys, but you cannot tell us what religion we have to be. That's constitution. Right. This, this, this uh, separation of church and state is hogwash. That's, yep. It's not in the constitution. Ignorant people believe that garbage. Well, from uh, Bart Spencer from Lighthouse Baptist, he never closed down and he was actually getting threats. Keith and Hollander was calling him up saying, you better close down or you're going to get fined like $1,000 or whatever. It's just, yeah. and he stayed open the whole entire ben time. Then Hollander's always on the wrong side of issues. I can tell you that from yep. way back when I was in office. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't be in the position he's in. That's another one you need to get rid of, folks. Yep. If you're out there hearing this voice, get rid of Den Hollander, please. Yep. That day it's is long coming. overdue. Well, I'll tell you how bad things are. There's this guy by the name of Mike Litkus, Democrat. In Manhattan, he was running against, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, it's going to come to me here in a minute. But he actually uploaded a campaign video to the Internet. It was with him doing porn with a woman. Mm. He, he wants to legalize sex work. He ran against Nadler. That was the guy he was running oh, against. Oh, Nadler. Nadler is oh. terrible, too. <laughs> he thinks the sex trade uh, should resonate with people, and he wants to legalize that as well. This is the Democrat Party, folks. He's men, he says men shouldn't have to support their biological children. He wants to legalize adultery. He wants mm. to legalize sex, sex work. Folks, if that's not anti-scriptural, I don't know what is. And that's what that woman who beat Gibbs is in that party who believes that garbage. Sorry, I ain't buying it. No. We need to stand up as Christians and say, no, we need to take the party over from within. We yep. need new leaders from all the way to the top down. Yep. We have to get new leadership because people don't trust the leaders that are there. And that nice little thing you read, that long explanation of why we lost the votes, to me, is just an excuse for them losing, and they want to blame us for them losing. Right. Don't Well, it's it. always the grassroots fault, right? It's always yeah. the Patriots' fault. It's never the rhinos and the establishment's fault. It's always grassroots. I, and they also, now they're coming down on Trump saying, well, it's all Trump's fault that right. these people lost. Yeah. Did I, I don't know if I mentioned this already in this segment, but— Trump endorsed candidates won in ninety three percent of the primaries. Yes, did you know that? Yeah, huge. In the in the general, they won eighty percent of the time. That is a fantastic record. It is. Just us in Michigan have been screwed by you know anomalies in our election process. So why is Michigan GOP so afraid of Trump? 
Uh, I don't think, well, I think the establishment might be, but I don't think the people are. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about Michigan GOP establishment, the leadership. Uh, Why are they so afraid of Trump? Uh, because he does not represent the establishment. He'll go against a lot of the stuff they stand for, and I have to hand it to him for that. What he did, you may not like the way he talks, but what he did was outstanding. Yes. The things he stood for, the things he accomplished, or, or you know, energy independence, a strong military. We'd have never pulled out of Afghanistan like yep. he did. We would still be get paying a buck and a half, buck eighty for a gallon of gas. Mm -hmm. We'd be selling gas to other countries. We would not have countries like Russia invading Ukraine because they'd be afraid of Trump. They're yep. not afraid of an idiot named Biden who can't even remember what he said or did. He can't even remember <laughs> where he was. He's still in his basement. Oh, guy, he's so screwed up. Yep. But, you know, my point is I'd love to see Trump run again, but I'd love to see him take the Santas as his vice president. I don't uh, think he'll man. do that because they're both from Florida. Right. But then you'd have four years of Trump and eight years of DeSantis. That would be oh, a great man, 12 years. Oh, man, be killer. Yes. So, all right, so let's talk moving forward. All right. So you know who Billy Putnam is. Yep. He is a GOP chair, county chair from Tuscola County. That's over yep. by Good man. just uh, east of Bay City. Yep. And so he put out a letter, and he goes after the leadership. Good. And this is awesome. And he is actually running for the GOP chair. He's, he's oh. been the first one that has come out even months ago. So here he is, November 2. Uh, I got to interrupt you. Yeah. Did you say DePerno was going to run for that position too? He, a report just came out today said he's mulling a run. So we'll see mm -hmm. where that goes. Okay. But that'll be interesting. I too. think he could win that, but go ahead. Uh, so, okay. Ron Weiser, Mishan Maddock, and Paul Cordes. Hear me now. The memo on Tudor Dixon's race is appalling and uncalled for. You, Paul, mm -hmm. as chief of staff... I will personally fire you on stage in February for lack of accountability and unity in the Republican Party. Amen. The grassroots patriots want change, and we elected Tudor, Matt, and Kristen. And yep. you left them out in the cold. Yep. I applaud them for the stamina to push forward with fire in their souls, be out there day and night letting patriots know they are our grassroots fighters and truly caring to what happens to each of us Michiganders. You yep. as leaders, by title only did nothing to put hurdle, but put hurdles in their way to overcome, but they continued to jump them with smiles on their faces. So here's a list. I ask you, where were you when we fought at the can canvasser meeting against Proposal 3? Where, yep. where were you when Tudor was elected? Where was our representation to the NRC for funds? Where did our donations go? No one knows, and everybody points finger in the other direction. Yeah, Why did Michigan GOP leader divide counties instead of form resolution and unity? Why did the Michigan GOP leadership try to cover up 2020 fraud? Amen on that one. Where did our funds go for the Secure My Vote push? Yep. Where was our chair and vice chair leading the charge and being the voice against Whitmer? You are elected to be leaders. Then be leaders. Don't blame the ones doing all the work and then sit back and point fingers. Exactly. You are quick to criticize everyone that worked day and night for our fight, but you should have been leaders in the fight with us. But yep. then again, talk is cheap because supposedly we don't have the funds. It was yep. the grassroots patriots that held on to the hope of you doing what was right for each one of us and giving their want to make our party and our state true to its original foundation, and you slapped them in their faces. 
The day of reckoning will soon come, and delegates will be heard. Fellow, I agree. Fellow patriots moving forward. I know there are a lot of emotions flowing through the Republican grassroots party since the results of November 8th have been exposed. I know I, myself, am guilty of the immediate shock, rage, and all the other emotions that come along with this, this result. However, God has given me a moment of clarity, and he has convicted me to send a letter of hope to the people that are feeling the same things I am. I would first like to encourage you. The grassroots movement did an excellent job with the resources they were given. You were praying without ceasing. You are walking and traveling miles to get the word out for the Patriot candidates. You are fighting for what believed in and fighting to ensure a better future for the generations to come. Congratulations on not being a lukewarm person. Congratulations and thank you for doing God's work. There were three members, only three members of our Republican family that dropped the ball. They didn't help the people they should have. They didn't, exactly. they didn't guide the people. They didn't toe their line. Those people are Michigan GOP leadership, some yep. of our senators, and I mean some, and yep. some of our representatives, and I mean some. Mm -hmm. With that being said, Romans 8.28, and we know all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So I have faith that God has a plan and a reason for what happened on November 8th. I'm both faithful and excited to see what God has in store for us. So what do we do from here? A lot, as a lot of you may know, I am running for Michigan GOP chairman in February. However, I, we, can't wait until then to start making changes. We have no time to spare and we need action right now. I've chosen to release the plan that will now was going to be implemented on February 19th after I become the official chair of the Michigan GOP. But God's timing is perfect. So with the help of my patriots, it looks like we're going to start change right now instead. What needs to be done? Number one, set November conventions. We need all the counties to be alert and ready to go by December 9th. This is a time to heal our counties and our ties to one another and get ready for 2024. We need go-getters, passionate, ambitious, intellectual, intellectual, humble people to take over every county. Yep. We need county delegates and leadership to step up and take on the job of keeping everyone informed on a weekly basis in whatever way is best to reach everyone in your district. We will need all the counties and delegates of each county to fill out performance reviews on all candidates that represent them in their community, from clerks to senators. These need to be done, done by January 1st, 23. So he puts a uh, attached vetting form um, below. Number mm -hmm. two, bylaws for Michigan Republican Party need to have some changes made. By January, I will release a set of suggested bylaws that can help us win in the years to come and return the power to the duly elected delegates of Michigan. Thirdly, by the first week of December, I will, God willing, have a task force formed of some of our graduates endorsed officials who are robbed and cheated out of this election. It's time we take matters into our own hands. This task force will go out to every county that did not uphold the election rights and prosecute them at the local level. 
get people to email, and he's got his email, to send leads and criminal offenses in our cheated elections. We will give these leads to our task force so they have evidence to work with. Clerks, trustees, poll workers will all be put under a magnifying glass and God willing crack under pressure. This will be putting pressure on the Dems for the foreseeable future. Fourthly, the week after February election of the new Michigan GOP chair, the senators and representatives will be summoned to a roundtable discussion with the Michigan GOP chair, vice chair, and delegate leaders to inform that the, the people are back in charge. It's been too long and overlooked. We no longer have the high ground. For the next year, we'll purge the rhinos from among us and vet and seek out God-fearing men and women to retake the high ground. They will be given goals to set by delegates of the areas they're selected in. They will be asked to help keep pressure on Democrats. They will ask to come to their district monthly meeting in person, where they will be given ideas and goals of what the people need. They will organize and support fundraising events in their district and the auditors to replace coffers from the support in the even-year election. We will expect them to find a weakness in the Democrats and do our vetting to get better people in their spots. We will have a three-strike rule with our legislatures. legislators. After three strikes, you don't get our support in the next election, so they must be on their game and do their jobs we are paying them to do. That would eliminate a bunch. Go that ahead. That sure would. I'm surprised they don't have something like that right now, but they wouldn't follow it anyway. Our legislators have been going by the beat of their own drum. We have forgotten and lost our ability to communicate as a family. With the turnout of this election, God has given us an important opportunity to come together as a Republican family to organize and put it all on the line. Here's a quick, simple summary. County conventions, be ready to fight December 9th. You have an election integrity tax force. December will collect election issues. January and February, local county prosecution enforcement. And then legislature unity conference in February. Roundtable with Michigan leadership and delegates. And then we come together, fix our communications to be effective faster. I'm working with out-of-state investors to get the capital we need to prosecute. Grassroots PAC to fund everything until February. And then he's got a place for donations. And then spread the word. So then he's uh, final says, my Republican, my Republican family, there is hope. God doesn't call us to quit fighting yeah. when we feel defeated. Honestly, I know my family and I will be fighting until the moment Jesus brings us home, and I'm hoping that you, members of the Republican family, will join us. I'm not doing this for me. First of all, I'm doing this for God, and secondly, for our kids. I will guide you in a direction that is honest, faithful to our Constitution, not lukewarm, accountable, and ambitious. We will see growth. We will see power. We will see accountability in our legislatures, and most importantly, we will see God in the changes we make. Don't lose hope, my friends. We will win this war. Good article. Great article. Real good article that he wrote, and I think he's right. <clears throat> That's accountability is huge. We didn't haven't had it really. People yep. vote for the same people, expecting a different result, and never happens. So, by the way, go ahead. I was just going to say. So that brings us to county conventions. Ours is set for December one. I believe yours is December fifth. Yep. Um. Where do you see Kent County in um, America First takeover? It's going to happen. Who's leading? That's where I who's see leading? 
who's leading that? Uh, I can't cart, cart. say that. Okay. I don't want to say that. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not afraid to say that Keith and Hollander is in charge of uh, Ottawa County. Oh, but boy. the writing is on the wall. Yep. Well, hey, another thing. Um, you know how Florida did really well? Oh, right? yeah. Under, under Santos? Yeah, he turned Miami-Dade Democrat red for the first time. Yeah, but what did they do? Florida banned mass mail-in ballots. They banned ballot harvesting. They yep. required voter ID. Mm-hmm. Governor DeSantis created an election police force. Yes. Florida also had historic win margins across the state for Republicans, while Democrats somehow won close races elsewhere across America during a horrific economy. Do the math, folks. Right. And are we? If wait- you just did what they do, what they did, we'd be way ahead. And are we waiting for any tallies from Florida to come in? Oh uh, no, they're no, all done. No, no you're, I think the ones you're waiting for are yeah. Uh, what, why in the yeah, world does it take so freaking long? When you got other countries that have paper ballots and they get it all done in a freaking day, this is ridiculous. We I should know. not be waiting till Friday to almost be finished with Arizona's gubernatorial race. Yeah, and look at all the things that happened. Both Georgia, New York, Michigan had long lines with malfunctioning voting machines and tabulators. My yeah, daughter you're went running to vote out of ballots. They, yeah, and well, what? yep, they ran out of ballots. But my daughter went to vote, and they said, "Well, the tabulators don't work. Just leave your thing here, and we'll put it in for you later." Well, that opens up doors. That's kind of fishy. <laughs> Forty-one states are using voting machines that are at least ten decades old, mm. at least a decade old, rather. Caramo stated that voters were told they already voted. I talked to you about that. New Jersey program glitch in Dominion machines in Mercer County, New Jersey. Georgia judge ruled to extend ballot deadlines because a thousand absentee ballots were never mailed. Arizona Dominion machine problems. They had two tabulators. One's not working. The other one is only 75% successful. So 25% are being misread. I mean, this is kind of junk in this. We can send somebody to the moon, but we can't have tabulators that are right. accurate and honest. Exactly. It's unbelievable. Yep. Oh, boy. They, they, want the, they want the chaos. They want an excuse to, oh, there's no fraud here. Yeah. Well, Ottawa County, we did. Uh, there is a silver lining here. Ottawa County, we hands down, we voted Tudor overwhelmingly, Caramo, DePerno, all the way down the line. We voted no on all the ballots initiatives. Um, the only one we lost was Gibbs, but he only had part of the county. Um, well, do you Ottawa, have Dominion machines? We do not. Uh-huh. There's the issue. We have another. I think this, we have another I company. This, I don't. Know, I don't know what it is. I don't. I think the, the thing. I think the same thing happened in Kent County, but we have Dominion machines. That's why the with the difference. Mm. Uh, I just can't believe these useless representatives and senators mm. who said there was no evidence of fraud when yep. they had tens of thousands of people with things that they wrote under a position of perjury that could be used in a court of law. Right. What they saw was illegal, and they said they saw no evidence. That's because they didn't were willing to hear the evidence. They never once yep. heard Matt DiPerno get up there and tell him what he found in Antrim County. These people just ticked me off, boy. Well, and you know what, folks? You elected some of those same stinking yep. people again. I'll tell you what. Ugh. Ottawa County is going to be the county to watch to see how it's going to be run. We are going to be the footprint that every county that has grassroots uprising, America first, 
this is your chance to look at what we're going to do with Auto Impact and what they've done, changing out nine commissioners out of 11. Yeah, yeah he did and great. And we kicked the rhinos out. Yeah. It's unbelievable what's happened here in our county. And record, well, stand by. record, record Kent, number of voters. It was great. Kent County is, Kent County is about to have an enema. <laughs> so we'll see what happens that's what i hope happens but man we're running long here today it's almost been an hour already it is i didn't even hey, get into half the stuff i had but this is we get the primary stuff about the election i think that's important. what people wanted to hear it is important no and, doubt uh, to, and, and, you know i've been in the rnc i understand the rnc i've been a state rep i understand mm -hmm. state government i will just tell you in my personal opinion the head of our GOP, and I'm repeating myself, in Michigan needs to be fired. He did not do his job. The head of the RNC needs to be fired. They did not do. She did not do her job. Yep. Uh, she, she could have done much better. And that's what happens when you don't do your job in the civilian world or even in the military. You're fired. We need to fire these people. We right. need new blood. Putnam is exactly correct. We need to have different leaders because right now I don't think we have leaders. So outside of let's say DePerno, Putnam gets chair, who would who would be on your list on getting you up there in the leadership role? Well, I like DePerno a lot because he stuck his neck out. Matter of fact, yep. Benson is going to try to to put lawsuits against DePerno for getting those machines and doing a forensic audit. That's oh, yeah. criminal. Yep. That's criminal what she's trying to do. She's trying to hide the evidence, what she's trying to do. Sure. I like the Perno. I think there's, she, he needs a place. I like uh, Caramo. I think she needs a place. Oh, she's smart as sure. a tech. Oh, yes. She's smart as a tech. I'd like to see her somewhere. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pick some of our leaders here in Kent County shortly. Uh, but there's a lot of people, and I don't want to say yet because I haven't talked to them, but there's a lot of people that we can get that are better than what we have now. Absolutely. But one thing's for sure, you cannot keep – I'm going to go back. I regress. The last time we had Wiser in charge of our GOP, we lost everything. That's when Shooty lost. Yep. Uh, you know, his. now he's there again, and we lost everything again. I mean, two times, folks. Uh, you can't put this guy back in leadership position. Nope. Just can't do it. And I kind of fault uh, Michonne for following like a puppy dog behind him because I know she was told if, if, if she runs with, with Wiser that Wiser's going to let her run most of the thing because he was getting old and mm -hmm. he's sick, but that didn't happen. Right. He ran it. She followed behind. For that mm -hmm. reason, I don't think she should be there. Yep. Sorry, but I just don't think she should be there. Nope. So we'll see what happens. Nope. But anyway, folks, I think Putnam had it. Just keep praying, but yeah, I have to act as well. And I think the That's action right. is about to start because people are ticked off. And they when I are, something they like, are pissed off. <laughs> when I see something like Cordis wrote over there, it's just uh, Oh, yeah, we did such a great job. But you people out there didn't do such a great job. And, you know, we're doing the best we can. It's not our fault. I, I smell it smells the high heaven. Right. Do you think, okay, Cordes says, well, it just brought, you know, independence and young people to the polls. Well, you think abortion issue alone would bring pro-lifers to the polls? So the oh, turnout yeah. was not a problem. Well, we even had a lady text put on my Facebook. Yeah, my 17-year-old daughter voted last in the 2020 election, she got another ballot this time. Why? <laughs> How does that happen? That's Benson's fault. Oh, that is unbelievable. It should not happen. Ugh, it's so like, I got to go take an aspirin and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Appreciate it. Right. We will see you Have next week. One. Bye. Yep, see you. You are listening to the Patriots Voice of Michigan. God bless.